Hello, Upper Cumberlands. This is Judy Duke talking to you on this fine Monday afternoon. I hope you've had a good weekend and things are looking great for you today. I have a super guest with me today. He's Ken. You know, there's nothing better than Ken folks that you like. And I happen to like this one. This is Mr. Bill Gibson. Hello, Bill. Good afternoon, cousin. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great, too. And the truth of the matter is that Mr. Bill Gibson and I, or can I, should I call you the Honorable Bill Gibson? No, you can just call me Bill. I can just call you Bill. Okay, Bill. Or, or Cousin Bill. Or Cousin Bill, which is what I usually call you. When mm-hmm. I call you on your cell, I say, Cousin Bill, this is Cousin Judy. Your dad, my mom, were first cousins. That's right. My mother was a Gibson. And uh, so I've known Bill since he was born, (laughs) a little bitty fella. Um, You are the son of Joe and Virginia Gibson, which uh, some of our older listeners uh, may remember your dad and your grandfather, um, E.Y., was very prominent uh, early Cookvillian. He was. He was um, known to some or many people as Charlie, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was pretty well known character around here. He was indeed. And is his name not on a plaque over on the arcade and the the Cookville Square? Didn't he at one time own it? It is. Um, and I wish he'd held on to it. Oh, don't you though? <laughs> but he did uh, own that arcade building at one time. Yeah, and there is a historical marker that's there, uh, which is if you're interested in the history of. Putnam County, uh, you can certainly walk around and see a lot of it, uh, the west side and the, the square. But um, we have Bill here today because he's done a lot of things. I guess you, you, you're famous for many things, but one thing that, um, that I want to talk to you about today is, and, and uh, there again, some of our older listeners, and even the younger ones are people, baby people, some of you who have just moved into the Upper Cumberland area, um, there was a fella named Low Tax Looper in 1998. Was it? It was 98 uh, when the when the real tragedy with Byron Looper happened. Yes, his real name. I was going to say his real name was Byron Looper, and he ran against the uh, the well known and beloved uh, state senator Tommy Burks. He did, and. He, he actually made his real name Byron Lotax Looper. Yeah, had his he name was changed. for property assessor. He thought that right. Would, he wanted it on the ballot that way. He thought that would be a good strategy. Well, I don't know that it was. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't for the people around here. Now, the way you were involved in that tragedy was you were the. Uh, district attorney i was the district attorney uh in 1998 uh, when this when this guy went on to senator burke's farm early one morning and and shot him killed him. him and killed him yep and we had the um, led the investigation and worked closely with the tbi um to develop the case over about three years and then actually took it to trial I, in I have cumberland a question. county yeah, you had, well, yes, you said it's Cumberland County. Is there a reason he wasn't uh, tried in Putnam County? Well, the reason is um, where the actual crime took place was about 100 feet across the county line. It was on a, on a road that um, crossed the county line, and he was actually just barely inside Cumberland County where it took place. In his truck. 
In his truck. And his farm, part of it was in Putnam in, in Putnam County. Tommy's farm was in Putnam County and in Cumberland split, County. Yes, it splits the county line. Okay, so uh, if he has passed now, I understand. He served um, several hard years um, in prison, and um, I'm not sure how long ago it's been, the way time passes, but within the past couple of years, he, he passed away in prison. Okay. He was a very controversial, as I understand it, um, prisoner. He had a lot of difficulty with, with the prison population and the, and the staff almost all the time. That's a sad thing to me. Whether I should feel sorrow for him, I guess, is just he murdered somebody. But anybody that does that, I'm going to have issues with. But I still feel sorry for him. He was uh, he had a lot of problems, evidently. Uh, but you, what was the most difficult thing that you had to consider when you tried that case? Well, one of the most um well, one question in a case like that, it qualified uh, for death penalty prosecution. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we really strongly considered on all, based on all the circumstances. And the case had the strength, um, you know, to, qual- to go as a death penalty case. And um, we spent a lot of time on that decision and a lot of time with the Burks family um, making the decision. And ultimately it was decided— and and we often we put a lot of stock in what crime victims wanted to do, and for various reasons that made a lot of good sense, they wanted to go for life without the possibility of parole for okay. him. And that had to do with closure. Uh, death penalty cases never quite get over with as far as their appeals, and oh yeah, sometimes they're reversed fifteen or twenty years down the road. And um, but also they thought that um, they'd like to see him you know, spend out his life paying for what he did. What he did, yeah, in prison, yeah. And well, then one of the hardest uh, challenges in the case is um, he continually changed attorneys. All the time. And I, he would wear out. I, I understand he, was, he would try to get attorneys to take um, paths that they didn't feel comfortable with, strategies that they felt were unethical, and when they wouldn't, he would he would basically fire them and and start over. So we never – progress was slow because of this constant turnover of attorneys. Wow. Well, um, we know now Bill Gibson, former district attorney for the Upper Cumberland area, before you were the district attorney – you were a police officer uh, right here, was, and you were just wet behind the ears. I was a patrol officer with the city of Cookville you were? Police Department, and it was absolutely some of the finest days of my life. Um, uh, you were, were under uh, former sheriff and chief of police Bill Gibson, I, or Bill Blue, sorry. I, I started that career under Chief Bill Blue, and uh, he was he was an amazing fella an amazing he leader was. and i'd just, love to uh, have him to interview him but would, not this time <laughs> i would too he uh, he was a virtuous man and he believed in uh, courtesy ultimate you know professionalism courtesy to the public that we served and then courage in the face of anything that would come along and he sure did there was no tolerance for a you know a lapse of any of those things that's uh that's a nice compliment and a true one that you give to Chief Ballou. Uh I've got lots of stories about him, too. I went to school with his son. 
but there's a book out that, that Mickey, his son, wrote about him. And uh, there's a story in there about my grandpa Gibson um, jumping a freight train um, about Bill when he was young. Uh, called him Bloody Bill, mm-hmm. and he would jump freight trains from Cookville to Sparta or, he'd, or Cookville to Baxter, and he'd go to Monterey. And Grandpa had told him again and again, you got to quit this, Bill. Now I'm going to have to take you in if you don't. And the last time Bill did it, he jumped right off that train into Grandpa Gibson's <laughs> arms. I read that story. Yep. And uh, he never did it again. Never jumped the train or jumped off the train. <laughs> I guess he was afraid Grandpa's patience had had worn out but well your of course your grandpa gibson was my great uncle by philander and he went by fies you know and he did when i was a uniform patrol officer i had the name tag gibson and so many people you know some of the older people would frequently come up and say were you any kin to mr fie and sometimes they'd call him uncle fie he walked the beat on the west side retired in 1955 Mm -hmm. and if i said yes then they always had a a story to tell. So I learned so much about him just through these these contacts with people that had known him or had some kind of interaction with him, and and it was all, you know, I, I realized that he was a very tough man, which you had to be uh, as a solo police officer with no backup, and That's right. no, no taser, no none of the modern radio. I have his billy club though. Yeah, and it's probably, hangs got, on it's my probably wall. got some dents in it. From what <laughs> I but then he was very fair, too. He would always want to give people the opportunity to, to do the right thing and, you know, go home if they'd had too much to drink. So he was fair but very firm. Officer. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, Philander, what what an old old name that is, and he went by Phi. Speaking of him, um, you've always been in and around law enforcements, Bill Gibson former district attorney, and actor. You portrayed Phi Gibson in one of the uh, museum, city museum's uh, cemetery walk, yes, didn't you? I actually, yes, I did in the cemetery walk, and then I actually got to uh, portray him the next year in the night at the museum up on you the sure west side. Did. And had just the best time uh, both times. I was able to, to research, and you, you were able to give me some helpful items and and uh, just learned a lot about uh, what it was like in the 40s and 50s in Cookville and, and just enjoyed portraying Uncle Five. That was a great, a great honor to have you do it. Uh, and it made me very proud for, of you and for you and, and for uh, my grand, granddaddy. Well, I was honored to get, to get the opportunity. I remember one story that was told. Um, he's, he talked about back in the day when he would walk the beat, um, there was not air conditioning. Right. And uh, there was not television, but everybody in town had a radio. Mm-hmm. And there was just, I guess, one or maybe one channel, one station at that point in time that everybody listened to. And he said you could walk all the way across Cookville because the windows would be up and the radio would be on and you could hear the same radio show playing you know in every house that you walk by and just never miss any of it you could hear i've heard him obviously i've heard him tell that story but it was like during the war years the world war ii years you know he you could go from down the street on the west side of town and to the square and never miss a beat listening to the war updates on the radio station and i could just you know i could just kind of visualize doing that yep yep it's kind of a sound like a neat era 
Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break here, Bill Gibson, former district attorney, cousin, gentleman all the way around, actor, what can I say? Stay with us. Let us tell you about our sponsors so you can support them, and we'll be back with Bill Gibson. We're back this afternoon talking with uh, Bill Gibson. Uh, Bill, uh, your interest in law enforcement almost all of your life, I suppose, uh, and, and maybe that comes from your great-uncle Fi, uh, like we were talking before the break. Um, and you still are interested in it because you are, I don't know, the executive director? Is that what your title is of the power of Putnam? Yes, and that's the uh, anti-drug coalition for Putnam County. It's not exactly a law enforcement agency, but we work hand-in-hand uh, in hand with all of the law enforcement agencies. Our role is drug prevention, and um, it's we employ research-based strategies. So um, we're, we're doing things that have research evidence behind them that they work to reduce substance abuse. And we focus um, a lot on the youth, obviously, so we, mm. we want to stop them from ever starting every single time Is the time DARE program still in the schools? DARE is no longer in the schools. Well, that's uh, kind of bad. DARE, I guess, nationwide has sort of died out. Okay. A reason? Well, the funding um, in the 90s and you know, early 2000s, they started gathering a lot of data to determine what things were working and what things weren't because the federal government wanted to, you know, spend the money on things that they could prove worked. And um, unfortunately, DARE, although I've heard many stories of people that, you know, that benefited from DARE, but statistically it did not prove to be a very successful program over its life. That's too bad so because the powers both my kids be. went through it. That's, yeah. you know, Mine but, did too. Yeah. And... Um, but the powers that be pulled the plug on it at some point in time. So what are we doing now in, in Putnam County? So again, um, you know, under the kind of the revised funding plan, we're um, local coalitions, and there are many of them around the country. There's around 50 in Tennessee County uh, community anti-drug coalitions that have funding. And the first goal is to assess the community because each community has its own problems. Each own different end. community in the Upper Cumberland as well as the state, the nation. Right. Okay. And so Putnam County's drug issues, um, you know, would be different from Wilson County or Davidson sure. County. And then we'd look deeper than that to why these things are happening here. You know, we, we dig out the reasons, the, the contributing factors, and the things that are we think are, are, inf- are triggering it or increasing it here. And then we assess our community resources. And, of course, the purpose of the coalition is to bring the community together, all sectors of the community, into a focused effort to reduce substance abuse. So we've we constantly assess what our problems are drug-wise. Um, and the problem, as everybody that's watching knows, continues to evolve and change. It's not... Um, like the opioid crisis. That's, we're hearing that's, that's the buzzword, and I'm sure it's true. It is. And 10 years ago, 
or 15 years ago, you didn't there there was no opioid crisis, and you didn't really hear of anybody having much of a problem. It was all methamphetamine mm-hmm. and homemade methamphetamine, and and then before that, cocaine and crack cocaine, and so the the uh, the issue change it can constantly changes, and the old problems stay around too. You know, we still so you have got a combination of different types of drug misuse. We still have all the old faithful problems. Cocaine's alive and well. LSD. Um, LSD's coming back on LSD's the scene. LSD's coming back around. Wow. Methamphetamine mostly now coming from outside the United States as opposed to being made locally. But the big problem of this decade was going to be and is the misuse of prescription medications. I was going to ask about that. Talking uh, uh, this afternoon to Bill Gibson, executive director of the Power of Putnam, um, people who say, you know, they have a a horrible automobile accident or pain for the rest of their lives. I have, we have people in our family that deal with that sort of thing. And it, you know, to keep pain under control, people are willing to do anything. And I've had enough pain, which is minimal compared to some folks, that you, that you feel for them. But at the same time, how do you help them? That's And that is the problem. Um, the opiate drugs were originally not designed. They weren't meant to be a, a cure for chronic pain or um to, to reduce chronic ongoing year after year pain. Right. They were developed for uh, end of life cancer issues. And I say that because um, physiologically or biochemically, they don't continue to work after, you know, a period of use the right. way they but did. But then the, 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 the person is addicted to it because the opioid crisis is due to addiction to opioids it is and and if a person takes the you know the opioids for long enough then the body kind of depends on the opioid to feel to feel normal and then if you remove the opioid then the people feel awful even though you know the original source of the pain may even be gone right there's a lot of pain that that's associated with just withdrawing the medication that that we're used to and then um, the body builds up a tolerance and so more and more of the drug has to be taken to achieve the same pain relief effect and it's just a it's a vicious cycle that a lot of times has a horrible ending for people yeah yeah well thank thank goodness thank god for people like you and the coalition now this coalition is made up of who not necessarily names, but people representing the law enforcement and schools, or what? What is this coalition? So there, there are twelve recognized uh, community sectors, and okay. somebody, everybody in this community is in one of those twelve sectors. <laughs> it's it's um, law enforcement, education, social services, parents youth serving organizations so it's a it's a combination of uh, representatives from every corner of the community and we have a good variety of people our coalition meets the first thursday of every month 
Uh, we skipped January and July basically because of, of you know, winter and sure. summer issues. But we meet at 11 o'clock in the morning at Progressive Bank. We have a lunch. And generally we'll have 50, 40 to 50 people in wow. attendance that, that represent just a wide spectrum, cross-section of the, of the population of Putnam County. Um, it's recognized that to really you know, do the job of knowing what's going on in your community, you have to have the community at the table in a very culturally competent way. You have mm-hmm. to have everyone represented to, uh, to get a good idea of what's going on and the things that we can do. So it's a, it's a big group of people, and we're inviting everybody that's interested in doing something about the problems that we're having to get involved. Okay, well, let me ask you this, Bill. Um, what about the other Upper Cumberland regions? I've never heard of a power of White County or a power of this. Is this the only one in the, the whole Upper Cumberland area? No, Judy, um, Overton County has a, a very active coalition. Uh, Roger Phillips, former police chief from Overton County, is operating that coalition. White County, Jamie, or um, I'm sorry, Clay County, Jamie Colson. So there are uh, other counties active. within Upper Cumberland that have these type. White County, Cumberland okay. have developing coalitions that have groups of people in DeKalb County, Smith County. So almost all of our counties um, in the Upper Cumberland region have coalitions in one form or another of development. That's that's a great, great program. Uh, I hope you can help many people uh, all over the Upper Cumberland. Uh, talking today with Bill Gibson. Um, very important person in uh, this world, especially to me, I suppose, and his mother. And I do want that's to about bring. Where it stops. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I want to talk about your dear mother, Virginia Gibson. She's still living. Bill, how old is she? Judy Virginia is going to turn one hundred years old, God willing, on March second. Oh, I hope she does. I and she. I know she was at one of our uh, facilities here in town, but she's now at your home, is she, she is. not? Uh, we moved her back home uh, July 5th, and she's been there with us constantly ever since. And and she's just doing real well. She's happy uh, at home. She loves your dogs. She does. <laughs> she does. She would tell you they're her dogs. They're her. Well, that's okay. We'll refer to. I want to say, hey, Virginia Gibson, I'm going to wish you an early happy birthday. Uh, Hang in there and enjoy being a centurion. So you get her to listen now. Um, We're going to have a we're going to have a birthday celebration for her at her church, which is the first United Methodist Church. Right. And it's going to be from noon to three on Saturday, March 3rd. And so okay. Nana would have uh, have me invite everybody that can come. And she would love through. it. I can just see her. And, and the thing I think is so wonderful and wish that everybody could do this. But, you know, you all keep her fingernails polished and all of this. She was such a beautiful woman and still is. But she was very elegant and very pretty and, and, and uh, just, you know, the top of the line. And uh, she, you all keep her looking good. You take her on vacation uh, that sort of thing. So uh, wish her a happy birthday for me. I will. Nana's and, mantra is love never fails, and uh, she's lived that out, and I think that's why she's lived so long and so happy for 100 absolutely. years. Absolutely. Love never fails. Hey, 
We got to go, Bill. Thank you for being with me. Thank you. I've sure enjoyed it. Well, I hope so. And we've enjoyed having you listen to us every Monday from 530 to 6 as you're driving home or cooking dinner or supper, as we say here in the Upper Cumberland. This is Judy Duke. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.